You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Pain. Hurt. Anger. Rage. Sadness. Depression. Anxiety. Dread. This is the emotional roller coaster that I went on after the Titans were upset by the Bengals on Sunday in Cincinnati. So last week, after the Titans lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I called it Therapy Monday. Everybody needed to take a chill pill, relax, sit back, and have some perspective. And I'm not willing to call this a Panic Monday because it certainly isn't. But we do have to meet in the middle on this Monday and take a look in the mirror, do a little soul searching as the Tennessee Titans need to do as an organization and figure out exactly what kind of team they want to be this year. After the first seven weeks of the year, you have to be thinking that the Titans are a Super Bowl contender, but after this performance against the Cincinnati Bengals and their patchwork offensive line, questions have to be asked about whether the Titans, as they are at this moment, can accomplish the goals that they set out to accomplish. So in our first segment, we are going to take a look at all of that, the the macro view of the game, what we think about where the Titans stand right now, and then also take a look at how exactly this game got off the rails in all three phases of the ball. So we're going to take a look at the macro view of the game to start off our show. Then we are going to zoom in a little bit, look at the individual perspective here, and take a look at some individual performances. Mostly bad, some good as well. There there were some bright spots in this game. And everyone's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down. And for the first week of the season, I do have more Tighten Downs than Tighten Up. So I'm sure that is not a big surprise. But we are going to cap off this Monday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast as we always do recapping what took place in the AFC South. And while there's only one game to talk about, it was a very important and tough result for the Tennessee Titans. So we are going to talk about that AFC South game, but also there were some big AFC games in general in the conference on Sunday. So we are going to talk about those results and where the Titans currently sit within the playoff push. And we have finally gotten to that point in the season, folks, almost halfway through the year. It is time to start looking at the playoff picture. So a big Monday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. Tennessee Titans for a second straight week play inconsistent football in all three phases of the game en route to being mauled by the Cincinnati Bengals on the day after Halloween by a score of 31-20. to The Titans were heavily favored in this game over a Cincinnati Bengals team that, while being competitive throughout the year, sat at 1-5-1 on the season and were going to be playing this game with a majority of their offensive line being reserved. So the Titans had a great opportunity to move to 
and one on the year, but were upset by the Bengals. And because of an Indianapolis Colts victory over the Detroit Lions on Sunday, now sit tied at the top of the AFC South, at least record-wise, with the Indianapolis Colts at five and two. So the most disappointing thing coming out of this game is not the individual result itself with the Titans losing to a Bengals team that had been much better than their record indicates. It's the way that the Titans will be viewed going forward and what their potential for this season can be with a defense that has been completely inconsistent and an offense that can't possibly carry them every single game. So the Titans now have to face a reality. Can this team as currently constructed make a push to the Super Bowl and accomplish the goals that the Titans had set out before the year? And what's even more disappointing is coming off of a week where the Titans did lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers by a score of 27 to 24, but based on their performance, you felt like if the Titans played a little bit better of a game in the first half, then they could possibly have beaten the Steelers. And in that scenario, you could think that the Titans could beat anybody in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers being one of the best teams in the league and being undefeated. And after Sunday's victory over the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers still sit at 7-0 undefeated on the year. So the Titans lost by three points and didn't perform their best in that game. So coming out of that game, you're thinking the Titans' Super Bowl chances are intact. If they play a little bit better on defense, get a Dory Jackson back healthy, then they still are a Super Bowl contender. But after the performance against the Cincinnati Bengals, you know that the Tennessee Titans at 5-2, and two, it's not time to hit the panic button. It's not time to think that the Titans aren't even a playoff team or any of those negative things. It's not time to overreact. But at the same time, on the other side of the coin, it is fair at this moment in time to wonder if the Tennessee Titans have the ability to win a Super Bowl with their roster as currently constructed, with the defense being as inconsistent as it is and the offense shooting itself in the foot as it has the past two weeks. So speaking of those things, let's take a look at how those phases of the game performed against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Titans' defense that has been historically bad compared to recent seasons on third down continued that trend on Sunday, allowing the Bengals to convert 10 of their 15 third down opportunities and also allowed them to convert a critical fourth and five in the first half that led to a Cincinnati touchdown. The Titans let the Bengals' offense get confident early, getting a 10 to nothing lead in the first half. The Titans got zero sacks on defense against that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line that had four backups by the end of the game. They did get 15 pressures and 13 hurries, but due to some missed tackles, were unable to get Joe Burrow on the ground, which allowed him to feed his wide receivers. Burrow threw for 249 yards on the day and had three wide receivers with at least six catches and 65 yards. On offense, the Titans shot themselves in the foot early in the game. An interception by Ryan Tannehill on the first drive in the red zone. A missed field goal by Goskowski in the first half. A critical drop pass by A.J. Brown late in the game. And a Ben Jones holding penalty in the second half. Ruined half of the Titans' drives in the game. They only put 
20 points up on the board against a Cincinnati Bengals defense that had been one of the worst defenses in the NFL throughout the first half of the season. All while Derrick Henry ran for 112 yards and a touchdown in the game, the first time the Titans have lost a game in Derrick Henry's career when he went for over 100 yards. It was a poor performance again by the Titans special teams as mentioned previously, a missed field goal in the first half. Also, the Titans botched a snap which led to a missed PAT and Brett Kern, the Titans punter, being injured. Kern missed an opportunity to pin the Bengals deep on a short punt and the Titans allowed another long return late in the game that led to the final Cincinnati Bengals touchdown. So as I mentioned, all three phases of the game, we saw inconsistency from the Titans for a second straight week in a row, and we can live with that sort of moral victory against the Pittsburgh Steelers, but against the Cincinnati Bengals, that's just unacceptable for a Titans team that has Super Bowl aspirations, and as I started off talking about, at this moment in time, we have to re-examine those Super Bowl aspirations. Are the Titans the team that we thought they would be. I know that the Titans are going to get a Dory Jackson back, and I talk schematically about the difference that that'll make and just the talent level that will rise in the secondary when something like that happens. And of course, we saw that talent level in the secondary be exposed again today, and it's incredibly frustrating, but the Titans really have to think about what they're going to do going forward to help get this back on track with a difficult schedule ahead. Quite frankly, people talked about the Titans having an easy schedule, but as the season has shaped up, the schedule is anything from easy. So we'll talk more about the schedule coming up and the playoff picture to cap off our show today. But next, we are going to talk about some individual performances, the good, the bad, the ugly, and unfortunately this weekend, tighten up and tighten down. There's a little bit more bad and ugly than there is good for the first time of the year. So we're going to jump into that next, but I do want to remind you guys that I will have a tick tack Tuesday for you where we break down our Tic Tac 4-pack, the four most impactful plays of the week. Wednesday, I will have a rewatch Wednesday for you, really diving in schematically to what I saw from the coaches' tape, and there was a lot to talk about with some patterns really developing for the Titans offense and the Titans defense. Thursday will be our crossover Thursday conversation with Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears, getting ready for that matchup. Friday will be a football Friday, a game preview I'll give you my keys to the game, my players' matchups to watch, player groups to watch, fantasy, gambling, injury, score prediction, everything you could want from a game preview coming on Friday. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast, whether that be on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, following on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever platform you stream your podcast, make sure that you're locked in to the Locked on Titans podcast going forward for the Monday through Friday content that I will be bringing you guys throughout the season. We are going to go into tighten up and tighten down next, but before we do, I want to talk to you guys about Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Me personally, I would socially distance drinking a Pepsi at the game on Sunday in the 
terrifying winds that took place on the day after Halloween, but Pepsi is the refreshment that I needed to power through that game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Tighten up, tighten down, and for the first time this year, as I mentioned earlier in the show, there are a lot more tighten downs than there are tighten ups. But before we get into that horrifying list, I want to remind you guys to follow me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Let me know which of my tighten ups and my tighten downs you agree or disagree with. And if I missed anybody, make sure you let me know who your tighten up or tighten down would have been. Once again, that's at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. And of course, tomorrow is Tic Tac Tuesday where I post my visual breakdown. So make sure that you're following me there for that content anyways. But let's dive into this list. And if anybody poses me with the situation of good news, bad news, I always say, give me the bad news first. I'd rather have the punch in the mouth and the kiss afterwards to make me feel better. So I'm going to extend that philosophy here and give you guys the tighten downs first, and then we'll do the tighten ups to finish things off. But tighten down. The biggest one for me on the day, well, I won't say the biggest one, but where we're going to start, we're starting on defense, and I am going to use all of the playmakers on the defensive line. One, we have Jeffrey Simmons, who had his worst game of the season against the worst offensive line that he's seen of the season. He had a 57.6 grade per pro football focus against the run, 56.8 against the rush. He only had three tackles in this game, one pressure, I do believe, on Joe Burrow. So not a banner game for Jeffrey Simmons, his worst game of the season. And one thing that I do want to point out, it's not an excuse, but it's something I've been keeping my eye on. On that tipped two-point conversion against the Texans, that was a huge tip pass. It kept the Titans in the game and let them get to overtime. On that tip, when Jeffrey Simmons lands on the ground, he's visibly hobbled and he limps off the field. There were times during the game against the Steelers where I saw him moving kind of gingerly, but he looked all right. And quite frankly, in this game, he just did not play well against much lesser opponents than I saw him play against just last week. He moved a little slowly at times, so just something to watch. Need a healthy Jeffrey Simmons, and that's why the Titans put in that backup defensive line of Laurel Murchison and Isaiah Mack, just to give Simmons a breather, and I know they've given up a lot of long runs, but the NFL is, is a war of attrition, and Jeffrey Simmons, still only you know one year removed from an ACL tear, could be wearing down in his first full NFL season, so they're going to have to find a way to keep him fresh, and since the Titans don't have a bye week, since multiple weeks ago due to the COVID situation, it's just a tough spot for some of their injured players. So Jeffrey Simmons not using that as an excuse, but it is something that we do need to watch for. So the worst day of the year for Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive line. Also, Jadavian Clowney, although he had six pressures 
on the day, I do believe, or four pressures on the day. Missed a few of those sacks. Wasn't great in run defense either. Harold Landry missed a sack, had six pressures, but wasn't able to get Burrow on the ground against a subpar offensive line. That's what it all comes down to for me, is the Titans had a great opportunity here against a uh, an offensive line that had four backups on it by the end of the game and three backups going into it. The Titans stars just have to perform better in this game and make plays. Also, Vic Beasley, uh, not only did he play bad in his 38 snaps, only having two pressures, but I felt like his effort was questionable at times as well, and that's really what you don't want to see, but also something that comes along with his reputation. Moving forward, and what was a bigger problem than the defensive line, again, is the secondary, specifically Jonathan Joseph and Chris Jackson in the slot. So, Tyler Boyd in the slot for the Bengals. Six catches, 67 yards, and a touchdown. Chris John Jackson was responsible for four catches on four targets, 52 yards, 58.8 coverage grade per pro football focus. Then on the outside, you have T. Higgins, six catches, 78 yards. Auden Tate, seven catches, 65 yards, matched up against Jonathan Joseph. Uh, he had a 35 overall coverage grade per pro football focus. Eight catches, targeted 11 times, 92 yards, a touchdown. For the second straight week, the team that the Titans played just looked, hey, where is Jonathan Joseph? Where is Chris Jackson? Where is Malcolm Butler not? And they just throw there over and over and over again. Uh, Malcolm Butler is shadowing A.J. Green in this game. He shadowed Chase Claypool last week. And the other two receivers, the other two receiver spots just ate all day long. It's something the Titans have to address immediately. Uh, going forward past that to the offensive side of the ball. Also, I want to mention Kevin Byard is not tackling well this year. Him and Kenny Vaccaro both haven't been excellent in coverage. I'm not going to put them on the Titan down list, but man, they just need to play better. They need to make plays. They're playing okay, but they're not making plays. And the Titans defense desperately needs somebody to step up and just make a play and beat the other guy. That's the real problem here. I'll talk a little bit more about it in the third segment when we have a little bit more time. Going forward to the offense, Jonu Smith, two catches, 29 yards, limited again for a second week in a row. The Titans can't get him going. Ryan Tannehill had his maybe worst day of the year, maybe this or the Minnesota game. 18 for 30, 233, two touchdowns with that just back-breaking interception on the first possession of the game in the red zone. Just a really terrible decision. Interceptions are uh, a bad effort by a wide receiver, a bad decision by a quarterback, or an inaccurate throw, and that was just a terrible decision by Ryan Tannehill. Moving forward on special teams, as I mentioned in the first segment, Goskowski missed another field goal, and although it was a 50-yarder, still just another miss, and it just takes the wind out of the sails of the team. On special teams, another big, long return, this time on a kickoff for the Bengals that led to their last touchdown, so the Titans coverage team not handling business. Chris Jackson was terrible on that play as well, and it's just one of those things, again, for the Titans, if you're going to have special team specific players like a Nick DeZubnar, a Darren Bates, a Chris Milton, if you're going to have players like that on your team that don't add value on defense or offense, and they're specifically for special teams, and your special teams is going to perform this way, it's just unacceptable. It's just unacceptable, and Craig Alkerman has to answer some questions about the rush lane integrity that his 
team is showing the past few weeks, and it's something that I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about that return play in the Tic Tac 4-pack on Tuesday. Also, Brett Kern had an opportunity to pin the Bengals deep. Uh, he was about at the 40-50 yard line, an easy opportunity for an inside the 20 punt for Brett Kern typically, and he kicked it about 5-6 to six yards deep in the end zone. So just a critical mistake by Kern, although he's typically consistent. Uh, a terrible snap by Bo Brinkley led to a missed extra point and also led to Brett Kern being injured, so who knows how long he'll be out. Um, so just all facets, missed field goal, terrible snap on an extra point, a terrible punt, trying to pin him deep, a terrible return uh, coverage opportunity for the Titans that led to a Bengals touchdown, second week in a row we've seen that happen. So just all around bad performance for the Titans special teams unit at this time. Also, want to say the refs are a big Titan down. I'm not blaming the refs. The Titans don't get any credit for me for the referees, but it is something worth noting here. Uh, the DPI or the holding on Rashawn Evans on an incompletion, the DPI on Jonathan Joseph on the sideline, uh, the pick by Jayon Brown that got called back. They didn't even say what number the pass interference was on. Mike Vrabel said in his press conference he got no clarity from the officials. So what the heck was that? Just terrible. The the holding play on Ben Jones in the second half that killed a drive, I don't see it on tape. I just simply don't see it. So, uh, a Titan down for the referees. Let's quickly move into the Titan ups in this game. Uh, there weren't a lot of them, so I'll go quickly. Corey Davis, eight catches, 128 yards, a touchdown, played phenomenal. Uh, A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith got a lot of attention, and Corey Davis took took advantage of that opportunity and uh, found himself with his best day of the season so far. And then Derrick Henry had a good day, 18 carries, 112 yards, a touchdown. He only played for about 52% of snaps, and some people are calling that into question, and understandably so. The Titans were running the ball down the Bengals' throat. They had over 200 rushing yards in this game. Helped by that was Deontay Foreman, who had a great first appearance as a Tennessee Titans, five as a Tennessee Titan, five carries, 37 yards. Uh, I thought Rashawn Evans was pretty good in this game. Four tackles, made a few plays, disrupted plays behind the line of scrimmage, helped the Titans in run defense when they had their good moments. Kareem Orr came in, got 20 snaps because Chris Jackson was just so god-awful. Had a 67.2 coverage grade, not phenomenal, but a lot better than Chris Jackson, who we talked about earlier. Uh, Malcolm Butler is the star of the game, quite frankly. He had the best grade grade per pro football focus on the team with a 90, uh, 90 plus overall. He had three pass breakups, five tackles, was targeted five or six times, five of those being A.J. Green. He had three catches, uh, 23 yards on him. A.J. Green only had two catches in those opportunities. So Malcolm Butler basically shut down A.J. Green, shadowing him on the day. But one more Titan down before we get out of here and some could argue that A.J. Green is the fourth best wide receiver on the team. And the Titans shadowed him with Malcolm Butler. Why not shadow T. Higgins and Auden Tate rather than A.J. Green, who hasn't been great this year? A.J. Green is the oldest receiver on the Bengals team. Why not have the Titans' oldest cornerback in Jonathan Joseph go after him if that's the way that they're going to play it? So a Titan down from the Titans' defensive coordinators there, uh, from Mike Vrabel specifically, for shadowing A.J. Green with Malcolm Butler when he should have been used on the better wide receiver.
So confusing there from a defensive coaching perspective. But we are going to jump into our AFC recap to cap off today's Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Talk about the one major AFC South result that the Titans have to pay attention to. And then some other things that took place around the conference. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about the best tasting protein bar ever in Built Bar. Of course, the first time we had a deal going with Built Bar, you guys sold out their inventory, and that was just their first original 12 flavors, but now they have six brand new, even more delicious flavors available for you. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and remember the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, so they're great for any health conscious guy or girl. And best of all, even if you use the Built Bar promo code locked on before, it has been re launched for you and you can use it again and this time you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last so go to builtbar.com use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com Let's cap off our show by recapping what took place in the AFC South and the AFC as a conference over the weekend. And we are going to start with the most pertinent result for the Titans, and that is of the Indianapolis Colts and their game against the Detroit Lions. The Colts were able to win that game 41-21. to They were dominant quite frankly, over the Lions. They moved to 5-2 and two on the season, and uh-oh. The Colts look to be rounding into form, and we've gone up and down with them on the season. Are they bad? Are they good? Are they bad again? It is hard to tell, but it appears like the Colts are going to be something that just won't go away this season, and right now are tied for the Titans in terms of their record at the top of the AFC South. Now, one thing to mention here is the Colts do have a loss in the AFC South, so right now the Colts are 0-1 in the division. The Titans are 2-0 in the division with wins over the Jags and the Texans. So that would give the Titans the tiebreaker as things sit right now. But of course, as we know, there are a lot more games to be played to the, to decide the AFC South. So the Titans are, are going to have to play a lot better if they expect to win their division. A lot has changed over the course of the last two weeks. The Jags and the Texans both had a bye in week eight. So neither of them did anything, but quite frankly, neither of them are going to do anything throughout the rest of the season. So really just the Colts to worry about in the division. But around the AFC as a conference, the biggest game of the day was clearly the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. And the Ravens were winning for a lot of this game, but the Steelers were able to score late, take the lead, and hold on for a victory, 28-24. to So the Steelers are now 7-0. The Ravens are tied with the Titans at 5-2. That is something to watch going forward in terms of seeding. Seems like the Steelers will be the team to win the AFC North, so the Titans are going to be battling it out with the Ravens unless they can go on another big run here to get the number one seed. But watching the Ravens and their 
results is going to be something the Titans are going to have to do all the way leading up until that Week 11 matchup against the Ravens later in the season. Some other results of note, the Chiefs in the AFC West dominated the New York Jets 35-9. to The Chiefs moved to 7-1 and on the year and as we all expected anyway coming into the season, the Chiefs are going to be a team to be reckoned with going forward. The defending Super Bowl champs, they're not going to lie down easily. And then some other results that matter moving to the AFC East. The Bills were able to beat the Patriots 24-21 to in a close game. Cam Newton really struggling on the year. The Bills moved to 6-2, another team that the Titans will have to be watching for seeding purposes. And then the back half. If for some reason the Titans season goes a little bit worse than some of us are expecting and they are in the wild card chase, the three wild card spots available, then they're going to be battling it out with teams like the Las Vegas Raiders, who were able to beat the Cleveland Browns. Another team the Titans are going to be battling it out with in Vegas on Sunday. The Raiders moved to 4-3. and three. The Browns 5-3. and three. The Broncos were able to secure a crazy comeback victory over the Los Angeles Chargers, and they sit at 3-4, and four. so I don't think that they're going to be in the mix, but I don't want to completely rule out the Denver Broncos either. So that's how things kind of sit right now for the Titans. Still at the top of the AFC South based on tiebreakers, but in a tight battle with the Indianapolis Colts going forward with two games against the Colts remaining on the schedule. Also, the Baltimore Ravens, the Buffalo Bills, teams to watch that could be fighting with the Titans for seeding position and home games going forward. So that's how things shook out in the other games in the NFL. And finally, just before I, I close off today's show, I'm going to talk more about this on Tic Tac Tuesday, also on Rewatch Wednesday when I get more into the schematic things that I saw in the game after rewatching the coaches tape. But I know everybody wants to blame scheme and they're a scheme to be blamed, especially on defense. I know that on offense, they should give Derrick Henry the ball more, but sometimes I get why they don't. Ultimately, someone has to make plays. Someone has to make a play, whether it's Jonathan Joseph on the sideline against T. Higgins early in the game. It's Chris Jackson in the slot against Tyler Boyd on a crazy third down completion, Uh, whether it's You know, Amani Hooker in the back end or Chris Jackson against T. Higgins again on the fourth and five. I mean, whether it's Jeffrey Simmons, whether it's Jadavian Clowney getting Joe Burrow on the ground, Harold Landry, whether it's Rashawn Evans making a play in the backfield, Jayon Brown getting an interception that doesn't get called back. I mean, shoot, that's not his fault, but man, somebody's just got to make a play. And right now, watching the Titans play, the number one thing that sticks out for me is The other team is just making a play. A quote that Mike Vrabel says that really has been popping out in my head. It's the Jimmys and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. Scheme matters, but at the end of the day in football and in sports, it's about making a play against the guy across from you. And right now, the guy across from the Titan is the one making the play. And they have to find a way to get some momentum and change that very, very quickly. I don't know exactly what's going to do it, 
but it needs to happen quickly. So we'll see what John Robinson has in his bag going forward towards the trade deadline. We see how Mike Vrabel responds, and we'll see how these players respond going forward. We do have a Tic Tac Tuesday tomorrow. Going to be talking about the news of the day, breaking down this week's Tic Tac 4-pack in segment 2, and talking about things going forward throughout the rest of the season we need to see from the Titans to cap off the show. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Locked On Titans podcast so you don't miss any of the content I will be putting up throughout the rest of the week. And then also before we go, I want to mention this podcast is being released on Monday evening rather than Monday morning as you guys would normally hear it. My apologies for that. A technical difficulty on my side. Obviously, I went to this ball game in Cincinnati. It was very windy, it was very cold, and it was very disappointing on the field. I had a long drive home. Uh, I didn't feel great when I got home. I mustered up the strength uh, later in the evening to try to get the podcast out for you in the morning. I recorded for about uh, an hour and a half, two hours, got about two-thirds of the way done through the show, and then my laptop all of a sudden went into an update, and it restarted after the update completed. I couldn't turn it off, get it off when I popped back up. All Everything that I had recorded was gone, so it was about midnight, 12.30 in the morning at this time. I had to totally restart recording the show. Uh, I put a lot of effort into the show. My energy level, I think, is very important. I owe that to you guys, and there's just no way at 12.30 in the morning that I would have been able to give you guys the energetic show that that I gave you today, right now, Uh, and it would have also uh, tremendously affected my ability to function on Monday. So, uh, sorry this is coming a little late for you guys that listen at any regular time or any time throughout the day. Hope you do enjoy the show. I'll see you tomorrow. For you guys that listen in the mornings, you'll be able to double up on your commute. So, this is leg one. Hopefully, a uh, good news, some good news in some way, comes for the Titans and I may know about some good news that may be coming. So, enjoy Tuesday's show as well. It's going to be a good one. That is going to do it for me today though. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and This was Locked on Titans.